Hey, thanks for listening to the Harvest Time Podcast. We hope today's message helps you know God in a real and powerful way. Amen. Can we open up the word, John chapter 12? Right in the middle of God's presence. Hallelujah. Man, what about you, but Lord's here. Lord is here. John chapter 12, verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead. He had been dead. <laughs> he had been dead. Whom Jesus raised from the dead. There he made, there they made Jesus a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him, the one who had been dead, is now sitting at the table with Jesus. <laughs> then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil, but one of his disciples, there's always one, right? Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money box and was helping himself with what was in it. Verse, verse 7, but Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Verse 9, now great many of the Jews knew that Jesus was there and they came not for Jesus's sake only but that they might also see Lazarus Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead but the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus verse 12 the next day a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. They took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him and they cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, he sat on it and as it is written, fear not, daughters of Zion. Behold, your King is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. For emphasis, can we reread verse 9? Now, a great many of the Jews knew that Jesus was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Father, we pause in your presence right now. We basking in your presence and we're thankful father you are certainly speaking to us lord you you are being exalted in this place and today father we've come to hear your word and we ask you lord that today lord that when we leave here that we would have met with you and that we would never be the same we ask this in jesus name and everybody said amen you can be seated in the presence of the lord this is passion week this is holy week there's more written in scripture about this week, about Jesus's life than any other week that we know of. You can take the, the, the word of God and you can learn so much about Jesus in this week. But I fear that we have become a people of culture and tradition rather than people of the book. 
Can today, can we look through fresh lens? Can we look through fresh eyes? Can we see the scripture for what the scripture is saying? I love that baby. I just love holding that baby. That's a beautiful baby. It's just been added to the church. Well, this church is growing, y'all. Isn't that awesome? Today's difficult for a lot of pastors all over, really all over the world. And the reason why is because this, the people who are here today, if you come today, you probably come all the time and you probably heard preaching from this passage. From You probably know the triumphal entry. You probably know this and you probably think you're already taking a Sabbath right now. Some of y'all done checked out. Why? Because you know this passage. And that's why I've chosen John, because there's not a lot of preaching from John on the triumphal entry. You see, we think that there's nothing more for us to know, but the synoptic gospels, Matthew chapter 21, Mark chapter 11, and Luke chapter 19, you will see this written from the three authors' perspective. But in John, he tells it from his eye, his point of view, and this is where I want to pick up today. Because in this time, all three of the synoptic gospels talk about the high holy week of Passover. They talk about all of these things that, that they had come into the city. They're, they're on pilgrimage. They're going to Jerusalem. They're going up to Jerusalem to remember what all God had done for them. A God that had heard their cries. A God that had delivered them from Egypt and from bondage. A God that had led them into the desert. A God that had given them manna. A God that had provided for them. A God that led them by day and night. A God that had, that had led them to the promised land. They're there to remember the God that brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey at Passover. There are people that... They do not want to forget what God has done, but worshipers, hallelujah is right, worshipers make pilgrimage there every year. In fact, I'll be going there in a couple of weeks. It's so awesome to just think about the places, all the places that Jesus, where scripture comes alive, where you see this. And this is where the pilgrims have find, found themselves back in that day too. They were coming into Jerusalem but this year was a little bit different for them. In fact, external sources, Josephus tells us that, that Jerusalem would, would, would swell to around 2 million people. And Jerusalem's small. You, you, you couldn't fit 2 million people. So it was, you know, out across the Kidron Valley and all over the place. People were camping. They were, they, 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 they just, they were all over the place. And at this time, religious leaders, they were very excited, but they were also very nervous. Why? Because... The Romans would send the governor and all of the, there, there, there would be legions of soldiers coming today, coming that day in, in, in time of Passover because there was always some people uh, up, uprising. There was, they was there to keep the peace. They was there basically to show their control. But the chief leaders and some of the Pharisees and the high priests, this was their moment to make money. This was their moment to sell the sacrifices and they were selling it at a high cost because people had to have a sacrifice to go into the temple they had to bring a sacrifice it would be as if as if we would sell the communion cups for a thousand dollars a piece 
This is what's going on because this day, something different, the people can, they're, they're thinking and they've been hearing about this man named Jesus and they're thinking, is he, is he the Messiah? Because the Roman soldiers, they did not hesitate to, to, to shed blood to keep the peace. And so this is where we find ourselves in the middle of this turmoil, this, up, this uproar on the eastern side of Jerusalem. In fact, I think it's interesting that on the west side is where you would find all the soldiers in, in, the, in, this, in this area that they, would all, that they would all congregate. And they hear about Jesus riding in because there's a lot of people running to the east side where Jesus is coming through the gates. Coming from the area of the Garden of Gethsemane, the crowds moved that direction. This was a very different, exciting hearing about the possible Messiah. They'd heard about blind eyes being opened because not too much earlier, blind Bartimaeus had been healed. They'd heard about Lazarus for sure because this was a man that they heard that had been in the tomb for days. Now he's sitting at the table with Jesus. These are people that have heard all the miracles and all of us, we, we like to see a commotion. We like that when things are happening, human nature is to follow the fire truck. Human nature is to follow the ambulance. The human nature is to follow the crowd. This is where we're finding that in the middle of the excitement, Jesus was there. Jesus is riding in on this donkey and people are taking off their tunics and they're laying them on the ground and they're shouting hosanna in the highest they're shouting blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord and they had heard all these miracles this is where i ask you to start taking notes three lessons that we're going to learn from this scene at the eastern gate three things that we can learn number one crowds don't change you Write down, crowds don't change you. People follow a lot of things. In fact, people, crowds can be convincing. They can be exciting. Crowds is certainly, I'd rather be in a crowd than all by myself. But I know this, crowds are popular. But without the presence of God, it's just a crowd. That's why when we started singing that song a moment ago, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Mm. Flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Without his presence, we're just a crowd of people. His presence changes everything. Jesus changes everything. People, people in the crowd that day, they had different motives. There was a lot of different people there that day, and all of them had some different motives. And because they'd heard all of these miracles, but they were divided in their attention. Because John tells us in chapter 11, verse 9, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus. Let me challenge you today. Make sure that your goal is to see Jesus. Make, Lazarus, I'm telling you, as great of a guy Lazarus is, he can't change you. He was changed by Jesus, and that's why we got to make sure that when we come into this place, you know, turn your eyes, I'm not going to sing two songs yet, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth 
will grow strangely. Make sure you come to see Jesus because Jesus is the only one that can change you. The crowd cannot change you. We need to experience Jesus. We need to experience his presence. That crowd that day, surely they were shouting. Surely they was excited. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What they were saying was, he's here. Jesus is here. But there were many in the crowd that did not just come to see Jesus. A crowd generally is not a congregation. It's certainly not a community of faith. If they didn't come to see Jesus, it's just a crowd. Don't connect to a crowd, connect to Jesus. That's what I want to make sure you hear me say today. Make sure you came to see Jesus. Make sure that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Don't be a follower of the crowd. Be a follower of Jesus. Second lesson that we learn is don't be an attender. Be a follower of Christ. Become a disciple because a disciple can surely change a city. A disciple can surely change a home. Now, this day, people were gathering, and they were celebrating, and that's good. We came, we've gathered today, and we've come to celebrate. We know the whole story, but on that day, they, didn't, they weren't afforded that, that. They didn't have the full picture. They didn't have the full story. They were just saying, is he the Messiah? Surely he is. It sounds like he, he's the Messiah, but they had a different, all of them had different perspectives. At Harvest Time, we talk about more and better disciples. How many of y'all heard us say that, right? More and better. Do we want to be, build a big church? That's not what we're trying to do, but we do want a lot of people to get it saved. We, do, we don't want people to go to hell. We do want to make some disciples. And let me tell you something. If you've been following Jesus for a long, long time, let's say you're a seasoned saint, and you don't have any disciples, you need to revisit Matthew 28. Because disciples make disciples. Who are you discipling? Who are you helping? Who are you helping along? Who are you showing your, your, your testimony to? Who are you sharing your testimony with that they are becoming a disciple? This week, I'm going to ask you to connect to Jesus in a way, possibly in a way that you never have. I, we're going to come to Jesus with prayer. I'm going to ask you to worship. I'm going to ask you to, to, to just turn your hearts this week to think about all the things that Christ went through. What a great week to become more like him. Amen? Become a disciple this week. We become a disciple when we, when we fully decide to surrender. What? It's going to cost you something to be a disciple. Because I know this, that when you decide that you're fully going to follow him, this is what I can tell you will happen. Your, your, your mind will start changing. You will start thinking in a different way. In fact, your bigoted tendencies will start to be changed because you can't live in the same body where Jesus is changing you. You can't live in the same mind where your mind is being transformed by the Word of God. Your judgmental spirit will start to shift a little bit. Your missteps that you used to always make will start being guided by the Holy Spirit. When you fully encounter, when you meet Jesus, He will change you. Your harsh words that you share with your wife, they will start to become sweeter if you've met with Jesus. In fact, the, the, the harshness of, of who you've become, you, you, the, the hardness of your heart, it starts to change when you become a disciple of Jesus. Jesus, he became, he came as a servant. The suffering servant did not ride in on, on anything but a donkey. He says, I am the perfect sacrifice, the lamb, the perfect lamb without blemish, without spot, the perfect 
lamb rode in that day on a donkey. On the day that is called the preparation of lambs, Jesus showed up riding on a donkey. In fact, while the chief priest was setting high prices for sacrifices, this is when Jesus arrives. It's free. Cost you anything to meet with Jesus. Just come with an open heart because he is the perfect lamb. Lessons from the crowd that day. Number one, crowds don't change you. Number two, don't follow the crowd, follow Jesus. And the third thing I want you to hear me say is proper praise, proper praise has its place and it will be criticized. Proper praise has its place and it will be criticized. I want us to look at Luke 19 for this portion of Scripture. Luke 19, 37, it says, And the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. They're remembering, all, they're seeing the, all of the healings. They're, they're seeing all of the things that Jesus had been doing. And some of the Pharisees, not all the Pharisees, I believe the Pharisees do get a bad rap, but... Not all of them, but some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered, Jesus answered them and says, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Rejoice in the Lord, for he is good. Rejoice for who he is. Rejoice for his mighty acts. When, 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 let me tell you something. When you start praising God, because of what he's done for you, there's always going to be some. There's always going to be some that's going to say, what is it you're so excited about? There's always going to be some that's going to try to quiet you down. The Bible says some of the Pharisees. And what he was saying was Jesus' reply was like, you, you're more than likely going to see some of these rocks start crying out. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why some of the Pharisees, these rocks will be more apt to cry out. In, in fact, you have a better chance of seeing rocks cry out because let me tell you who's in the crowd that day. There's blind Bartimaeus who used to be blind and he is no longer blind. Try to shut that man up. The woman with an issue of blood. For 12 years she had been sick and she gave everything that she had to the doctors and she was at her wit's end but she just touched the hem of his garment and she was healed. She was there that day. Try to shut that woman up. The woman, the, no, the, the man, the lame man, he's, he's, he's laying beside the pool of Bethesda. And now he's healed. That man was there. Try to stop him from shouting out praises to the living God, the one has, that has changed him. These rocks won't have to cry out because the people that have been changed will be shouting out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I've been healed. I've been washed by his blood. There's always going to be some that tries to quiet you down, that tries to keep you from telling, look, y'all, he saved me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. If he can save me, he can save you because surely I was lost. I was dead in my sin. But let me tell you about a man named Jesus. I'm not going to, you cannot shut me up. I'm looking at some people today. You've been healed. You've been delivered. I'm looking at some people. I know your story. Some will not shut you up. But there's always some that tries. 
listen, if you've been following Jesus for a long time and you've forgotten what he's done for you, remember what he's done for you too. He's changed you. He's changed you. He's healed you. He's delivered you. There's always some. Praising is the precursor for coming into his presence. Psalms 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. He entered, the Lamb of glory entered the gates that day and there were some people praising him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Don't try to shut me up. You cannot shut me up because I remember what he's done for me for the Lord is good and his love endures forever his faithfulness continues throughout all generations even to 2023 all generations he is faithful enter his presence with praise in that crowd that day was people that would not stay silent this week ask you to do something. Maybe the call today is that this church would fully surrender. Looking at faces of people, I know your names. Some of us, we've, we've assimilated into a crowd and we need to be fully devoted and fully disciples. And the, we've been praying for revival without praying for God to change us. Revival starts with one. I'm gonna ask you to do something this week. I'm gonna ask you to look at scripture. We, in fact, we provided some prayer guides for you. You can grab them on the way out. I want you to pray like you've never prayed. As Jesus is making his way toward the cross, toward the tomb and toward resurrection. What a great week, Passion Week, to turn our hearts toward Him like we've never done. And so today, as you stand up all across this house, I think my message is done. But I've got a question for you. As you stand up all across the house, I ask you this question. Who's going to join me this week and pray? You're going to pray. You're going to worship the Lord. You're going to give your testimony of who and what, who God is to you and what he's done for you. Because if you don't testify of his goodness, the very rocks may have to cry out. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray this week. I'm going to get in God's presence this week. I'm going to read scripture this week. I'm going to read every day. I'm going to pray every day. Who's with me? Have we got any disciples? You say, hey, I'll do that, Pastor. I'll do that. Are you with me? Who's going to do it? Now, we can all clap our hands and we can all raise our hand, but I'm just looking for some people that will actually do it. Get in the You know where you find God? You find him in the pages of this book. Get your nose right here this week. Get your hearts right here this week. Turn your hearts toward him. See if he won't change you this week. Thanks again for listening today. If you want to know more about our church, find us on social media or visit harvesttime.net. See you next time.